Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jerry Petito Show. Guys, everyone and anyone out there who knows me knows I am the author of I'm Not an Addict, I'm Just an Ass. I'd rather be a smartass than a dumbass, guys, because 31 years ago, almost 32 now, I was a dumbass. But through the grace of God, I can honestly say now, almost 32 years later, I'm a smart ass. And yes, the word ass is in the Bible at least 40 times, and it means donkey. And that's what I was. I'm saying all that to say this, guys. We've all, all over the world, have had probably the toughest two and a half years of our lives, right? So I want everyone out there who's struggling to know that there's someone listening and you have someone to talk to. And that would be me. I'm a nutritional health coach and I'm a recovery coach. All my services to you are free. I don't want anyone out there struggling to feel alone. Please, please reach out. If you think my book can help someone, a loved one, a family member, or yourself, I believe it can. You can go right to Simon & Schuster's bookstore online, Archway Publishing, Archway Bookstore, or you can go through Barnes & Noble, Amazon, it's everywhere on BAM. Guys, if anyone truly, truly, truly cannot afford my book, reach out to me about that as well. You can also go to the Jerry Petito Show YouTube channel and subscribe. I've got really cool things coming up. Having said all that, I want to introduce my incredible guest. You know, I just interviewed his brother, and these two guys are beautiful souls inside and out. And I'm going to say something, you know, we need people like them in the music industry, okay? They spread hope and love, and they're incredible musicians, singer-songwriters. So with me now, one of the Graves brothers, Tim Graves, how are you? Jerry, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. What an incredible afternoon. You know, I interviewed your your brother about an hour ago, Ted. Yes, yep. And now... That was good. Thank you. And now I'm interviewing you. I mean, this is a huge honor for me having both of you on the same afternoon. So thank you. Well, I I appreciate being here. It's an honor for me to be here. So, you know, why don't you share a little bit first with our audience about who you are and a little bit about your story? Well, uh, my name is Tim Graves. I've been uh, been playing bluegrass music all my life, actually. I started when I was 14 years old. And I've been playing as of June 25th, 47 years. I've been playing. I've been playing the dobro guitar, uh, I, uh, and it's it's done well. I mean, I've, it's been my lifelong career, and uh, it's still going on. Okay, so that's all you think you're going to say about what's going on with your life? No, no, well, no. You know, there's, there's, there's more to it, but it's, <laughs> that's just a little beginning of it. So, all right. So, listen. Um, do you also are you also a songwriter? I am not a, much of a songwriter. I leave I leave all that up to my brother Ted, who is a he's a wonderful songwriter. Ted is uh, one of those guys that you you can give him a title and he can write a song about it. He's uh, he's written songs the song Bluegrass DNA, which is uh, my latest CD that's coming out probably in about sixty days. Uh, he had twenty four hours to write that song before I had to record, and he did, and it came out just wonderful. Uh, so that that was written in 24 hours. Uh, he wrote a song about my sister one time, and this is a funny little story called Hurling at the Waffle House. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> I don't know it. You'd have to get Ted to sing that for you, but it's, it's a, we done it on a show one night at the Station Inn in Nashville, Tennessee, and before the show, the song was over, everybody was singing the chorus. That's so, so funny. 
that's just the way Ted can write. He can write any song. So I leave the writing part to him. I, I write some instrumental stuff on the dobro, but uh, vocally uh, with words and stuff, I, I just lean on him and he writes them for me that I record them. So, okay, I don't want to forget. So he had asked me to make sure you told a little story about a song I wanted to be saved. I wanted to be saved is a, is a gospel number that <clears throat> back when Ted was nine years old, he had to go to church one morning and, and he told mom, he said, mom, I don't have nothing to sing and I have to sing the special in church. She said, well, just write something. <laughs> well, he sat down at the table and he got to writing this song. And then before he went to church, he had it done. So he goes to church and sings it. I'm, I'm right there with him, you know, going to church and stuff. And, and he goes and sings the song. Fast forward about 45 years, I called him up. I said, I, I talked to him. I said, Ted, I want to record that song. I wanted to be saved. He said, okay. He said, but let me rewrite it because that was written by a nine-year-old. And he said, I want to rewrite it to make it more modern. <sighs> so, he re, so he rewrote the song and sent it to me. And I called him back. I said, you know, this is a good, but I want to do the original version because I like it better. <sighs> I love so that. I recorded the, the version that he did when he was nine years old. And I tell that in churches and people just, they cannot believe that a nine-year-old kid wrote that song, I Wanted to Be Saved. It's just it's just too good to be uh, from the perspective of a nine-year-old. Right. That's amazing. But, it, it, that, but I recorded it just like he wrote it when he was nine years old. And it's, uh, it's one of my most requested songs. That's so amazing. He didn't tell me that. No, it, it's uh, it's funny. You know, I, I told him that. He said, are you serious? I said, yeah. I mean, it's just they love that song. And, and it was uh, it was just the way he wrote it when he was nine years old. Very cool. I love that story. Wow. All right. Beautiful. So now you guys have an incredible like family history with music and awards. And talk a little bit about your family history, your relative. Well, you know. Uh, we have music in our family. Uh, it, it actually comes from Uncle Josh. It was me and Uncle Josh was real close. We were me and Uncle Josh was probably closer than, than Ted and Uncle Josh because I played dobro, and uh, Uncle Josh would take me out to bluegrass festivals with him, and and, and uh, he got me a, a dobro. He gave me my first dobro when I was fourteen and a half years old on June twenty fifth, nineteen seventy five. He brought me a dobro and he's and a stack of records, and he said, "Kid." If you can hear this and learn how to play that dobro, it will take you all over the world and it will always take care of you. And it has done exactly that. Uh, I've been playing for 47 years. Uh, Uncle Josh would take me to bluegrass festivals and we'd walk backstage and there would be Bill Monroe, Jim and Jesse, Mac Wiseman. Uh, anybody that was anybody at, in bluegrass was at these festivals. Well, I grew up being around those guys. So when I went to work with William Lee Cooper in 1984 at the Grand Ole Opry, I walk into the Opry, and there says Bob and Sonny Osborne. There says Bill Monroe, Jim and Jess. And I walk in, they say, Tim, what are you doing here? I said, well, I just went to work with Wilma Lee Cooper. They said, well, you're going to do good. So I was there at the Grand Ole Opry for 22 years total. Uh, and it was a wonderful time. But, but it was all accredited to Uncle Josh uh, taking me to bluegrass festivals and, and coming up to the house and showing me how to play music. And he didn't teach me how to play. He just gave me the tools to do it. So... Uh, and then we got a brother that plays bass. He's a wonderful bass player, but he actually decided to be a lawyer. Oh, no, and, not a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, he's a lawyer. He, he's the one that makes all the money. So. <laughs> That's great. So he decided, but he's a wonderful bass player. And I told him, I said, you could have been a great bass player had you just done it. He said, yeah. 
He said, but I wanted to study law, so he did, and we he went his he went his path, and we went ours. You know. Does he ever play? Oh yeah, he plays with me and Ted. We do a, blue, a bluegrass festival in, in Teleco Plains, our hometown, once a year, and then we do a decoration at the little church that my grandfather built up in East Tennessee in Teleco Plains. He plays with us there. So anytime me and Ted get together and pick, uh, uh, Mike always plays bass with us. That's a beautiful story. I love that. So, wow. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your awards, accolades, and what's happened in your life. Well, I've, I've been blessed, uh, Jerry, I tell you, because I've been Dobro Player of the Year 16 times. Uh, I have won the uh, Dobro Gold Award uh, uh, for for winning the, the award 10 times in a row, which was I'm the only one that has ever received that award from the uh, Stigma uh, organization, which is Society for Preservation of Bluegrass Music, I won that 16 times. I won a Grammy off of the album, uh, the Great Dobro Sessions, that uh, was put together back in the 90s. Uh, so, uh, you know, and it's uh, we. I've, I've got a uh, citation from the state of Tennessee for the bluegrass music that we've done uh, uh, with some of our albums that uh, that I've cut. And uh, I, I've just been blessed. I mean, I've got a, I've got plenty of trophies that that sit there and gather up dust but it's, it's all the experience that I like a whole lot more than I did the trophies it was just getting there to get those trophies was what the fun part was you know wait I have a couple questions sure um, tell everyone what Dobro means Dobro is this is, a, is actually a brand name it's actually a resophonic guitar uh, Dobro was uh, uh, coming to play in 1927 in California it's an instrument that comes from Czechoslovakia uh, the Dopera brothers brought it into California in 1927, and my Uncle Josh was uh, credited with putting that instrument into bluegrass music before Uncle Josh, who had, had never been played in bluegrass music. So he put it into bluegrass music, so that's basically right now the home of the Dobro is in bluegrass music. It it ventures out into country music some, but uh, it's, it's mainly a bluegrass instrument now. Uh, Dobro is a brand name. That is so cool. So, do you play any other instruments? I play the guitar uh, some, and then I play some bass. Not a lot of bass, but I play. Uh, I know how to. I know where all the chords are and all that stuff. But, but mainly, uh, I play guitar and and uh, dobro. I would go out and play guitar with Uncle Josh, whenever he was alive, and, and uh, I would play play guitar for him while he was playing dobro. I love how you guys say guitar. <laughs> guitar. <laughs> okay, I love it. Absolutely love it. Guitar. So. All right, I want you to really tell everyone out there what bluegrass really is. Because, listen, the average fan who loves country music, bluegrass, what's the real difference? Well, bluegrass music was was, uh, created by Bill Monroe, you know, and, and Bill listened to all kinds of music. Bluegrass is a combination of blues and gospel and, uh, uh, even country music is 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 evolved into to the style of bluegrass music. It's 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 a bunch of styles put together to make make the one style called bluegrass music. And and in order to have a bluegrass music, you have to have banjo. That's that's a given. You have to have a banjo. Okay. Or or it's not bluegrass. Okay. Um, and a fiddle. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. So anything else, if if they don't have if if they say it's bluegrass and they don't have a fiddle and a banjo, it's not. So it's got to have those two instruments. And Bill Monroe played the mandolin. 
I do know some bluegrass bands that don't carry mandolin, but they're still considered bluegrass. So it's, uh, but I would think that a a real bluegrass band is going to have a bass fiddle that's an upright bass. They're going to have a mandolin, banjo, fiddle, and a guitar. I love that. That's what they would have as as the instrumentation. So uh, now I know. You, you can you can move a little bit on that, but but you still want it to be uh, the core as as bluegrass. And, and I've, I've cut some songs that are bluegrass songs and I put some different instruments to them. It works, but it's, um, some say it's bluegrass, but I say it's, it's more on the countryside when I do that. Okay. So now at least I know and I could act like I'm so sophisticated with bluegrass. Well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, do you have a fiddle and a banjo? <laughs> right. No fiddle, no banjo, no bluegrass. Um, so I need a, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Could you sing a couple lines of the song I Wanted to Be Saved? Yeah. Uh, it starts off with, I wanted to be a servant for my Lord. And I wanted to be saved by His wonderful grace. I wanted to be saved by His wonderful grace. And now that I am in heaven, I will take my place. So that's the first verse of it. You so know? wait, that's... Magnificent. So you're telling yeah. me he was nine years old? Nine years old and sat down and just wrote it out like he was reading it. You know, and, and by the time we we was within an hour and a half from going to church and he sat down and wrote that song and just and went and sung it. And uh, I thought that's you know everybody has gifts and Ted's gift is really songwriting. He's a great singer, he's a great entertainer. But writing a song, I mean you can tell him something, and, and he can write a song about it. The, like I said, the song Bluegrass DNA, he had 24 hours to write me a song about Bluegrass DNA. And I was recording the next day, and he, he said, what, what about this? And I heard it. I said, that's exactly what I'm looking for. There was no rewrites. There was nothing. They just wrote it, and it was, and it was done. That's so, amazing. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen nobody. You, you remember how, I don't know if you remember this, but Mac, uh, Mac Davis sure. used to have a, he had a TV show. Yes. He'd walk out in the audience and people would give him a word or a line and he had to do a song with it. I don't remember all that. I was young. Um, I, was... I love that part of his show because he could do that. He could, they'd give him a word and he would make a, a, a little song about that. And Ted is the same way. It's, it's amazing. You can just tell him anything and he can write a song about it. Well, I gave him a challenge to write another song. Well, I heard that. That's good. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> yeah. yes. He didn't tell me anything about I wanted to be saved. He didn't tell me nothing. I wish he would have. We would have talked a little bit about it on his interview as well because nine years old, that's that's impressive and amazing, that, that yeah, song. It's, it's a real strong song. Beautiful. It, it, should, it shouldn't have come from a nine-year-old. It should have come from somebody that was very, Well, it came uh, from God. It came from yeah, exactly. God. It was... It, God yes. It just flowed through him, and it was it was just done. Amazing, it, you know, beautiful. So. so now let's talk about a little. Now I love asking my entertainers this question. So growing up, I want to hear who your influences were or your main one. I want to hear if you ever got to meet any of these people, and if you wish you still could, if they're still with us. You know, Uncle Josh was my was my main. Uh, influence. He he was the one that turned me on to to music. He just was, but but my my 
the one that I really loved the best, and, and I was before Ted on this, was Elvis Presley. Oh, my and, gosh. And, and I wanted, my goal, when I got my dough broke, was to be at the Grand Ole Opry, because Elvis come to the Opry. He didn't play it, but he would always, he would come there and just hang around backstage. So, so uh, I wanted to go be at the Grand Ole Opry so possibly I could meet him. And and uh, he re- he retired back, uh, in 77, we'll put it that way. Okay. So, uh, me and you need to talk on this stuff. I'll, I can tell you some stuff that you won't believe. But anyway, uh, I met a lot of people at the Grand Ole Opry that knew Elvis. And uh, there was, there's, there's, at the Ryman Auditorium backstage, there's pictures of, of Elvis with, with uh, uh, Farron Young. There's uh, with, with Ernest Tubb. All of the stars that was at the Grand Ole Opry wanted to have pictures made with Elvis Presley. And, and that's, how, that's how big he was. So he was always my big influence. But I also listened to a lot of Eagles music. I listened to Marshall um, uh, Tucker Band and stuff like that. Now, people that I have, have met, I'm, I was at the Opry for 22 years. I met them all. I mean, Keith Whitley was one of my favorite people on the planet. And and uh, when he passed away uh, in 89, I, I was just devastated because me and him would play music backstage at the Grand Ole Opry. We'd play Lester Flat and Earl Scruggs music. Uh, so I wish I could meet Keith again. I mean, Keith was a, a star that was on the rise that just didn't have the time to uh, to completely blossom into what he was going to be. But he was, he was something, I tell you. Just wow. special. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, wow. You just blew my mind. Um, <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit about your band, The Farmhands. The Farmhands. Oh, that band's been going for 11 years now. It's a, it's a wonderful group. Uh, right now, I've got a super group because I've got Don Wayne Reno, who is the youngest son of Don Reno. Uh, and then... Uh, I've got Terry Eldridge, who was the bass player for uh, Bob and Sonny, the Osborne Brothers. And I've got Jimmy Haynes, who, who's been in bluegrass all his life. So I've got a, one of the best bands I've ever had. And we're, we was working 150 days a year. And uh, COVID has slow, showed us down some. And then uh, I've regrouped. And so we're, we're, we got some, a lot of good dates coming up. But uh, it's a little slower than it always has been. Okay. So <clears throat> we're going to talk about the songs that I have in queue. We're going to play them at the end. We're going to give them a little mini concert like I did with Ted's. But before we talk about the three songs, you know, your roots are incredible. Everything you're saying, I mean, look at all the awards even you and your brother got. Your uncle's like smiling down. He's in heaven now, right? Yes, yes. He's smiling down. Yeah. I mean, look at what you guys have done to continue on with his legacy. It's been, uh, we've been blessed. I tell you, you know, uh, I, I just, he, it was just something that was in me that I couldn't stop. You know, I, I tried to stop it. I couldn't. It's just what God wanted me to do with my life is to be a musician and play the dobro and play gospel music and, and bluegrass music, you know. That's amazing. I, I had read a poem, and I'm sure you heard it. I read it um, with your brother's interview called Utilizing Gifts and Talents. Uh-huh. Because he was talking about that, how we all had gifts that we had to use and God gave them to us. And I was like, you're kidding me. And I had written this poem for my book and I read it. And, you know, you said something as well. And we do. And, and everyone out there, please know that you're all blessed with something. You're all blessed with a gift. Please find it and use it. 
because that's, that's, that's what keeps us alive. Questions. That's what keeps us going, right? It is. And, and when you when you when you find out what you're supposed to be doing, it's a passion. Of yeah. You. And you never you never have to work when when you if you're if you're making a living out of your passion. Right. So. Wow, you guys are amazing. So now, all right, let's talk about the songs. Tell us what inspired these songs and what they mean. She's gone. Talk about well, that. She's gone, gone, gone is a song that was written by Lefty Frizzell. First recorded by, it was written by Harlan Howard. First recorded by Lefty Frizzell. Back in the eighties, I heard um, heard a guy cut it in a country version, and then a bluegrass version. It's been a bluegrass song, so I. Uh, I wanted to record the same version that I did that, and it's it's a number one song for us right now. So tell us a little bit about it. Well, it's a song about you know a lady that that leaves him, and and he's devastated, and and uh, and I've been through all that, and and it's just one of those things that I'll be right with you. Right with you. And it was uh, one of those things that you know it's uh, that you just have to live through to understand that song, but it's really a good tune. Uh, more of a bluegrass song, but uh, uh, but right, like like I said, right now it's a number one song for us in the in the uh, in the country field. Okay, and you had uh, recorded this two different ways, correct? I did. I, I done a country version, and then I done a bluegrass version. Uh, the the bluegrass version uh, has not not anybody's heard much yet, but uh, the country version, like I said, is that number one for us. Okay, so now um, bluegrass DNA. Tell us about that song. Bluegrass DNA is the song that my brother wrote because of me having bluegrass uh, roots to the first generation of bluegrass pickers, which was Uncle Josh. Okay. He's the first generation. Don Wayne Reno, his father was Don Reno, so he's got bluegrass blood DNA in him. So we come up with that that idea. I called Ted. I said, write me a song about bluegrass DNA. And so uh, the song I'm using my Bible for roadmap was written by Don Wayne's father Don Reno and then in that song we do a song called Foggy Mountain Rock which was written by Uncle Josh so it's uh it's just one of those things that the blood flows through us and the songs and everything and it just worked out real well like that I think it's going to be a good song for us that is so cool I love that bluegrass DNA I really love yeah. the title <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna be the title of our album okay very cool so oh okay now let's talk about the third song and then I want to talk about um you, you know your albums. All right, gonna be raining when I die. Tell us about that. That's the song that Bobby Osborne, the guy that sung Rocky Top. Okay. He wrote that song, and uh, him and a, a guy up in uh, Pete Goble up in uh, <clears throat> Michigan wrote that. Uh, it's been recorded by several artists, but I've done it in a in a in a whole different version, and that's going to be my next single out in the country version song. It's just a, another one of those songs talking about it's going to be raining when I die. That is so cool. So before we forget, give everyone any information you want to give them, like to get in touch with you or your music. Just before, I don't want to forget to do that. Okay, they can find me at www.farmhandsmusic.com. That's our website, and, and uh, you can get in touch with me through there. You can get all my music off of the website of the off of that website. Uh, there's songs on there to download, and uh, you can get them all off there at the end. Okay, so. About how many songs would you say? I know you probably can't tell me exactly, but about did your brother write for you? Ted writes one for every album. I, I guess Ted wrote us about twenty-five songs. Very cool. Yeah. 
Wow, I that's mean, just he, awesome. He writes one for about every album I, I try to put on there uh, because he writes so good. If there's anybody needs a song, contact Ted. He can get you one. So now that award that you received, you said the Dobro's Award, um, where no one else has received it. Tell us, it was called Master Gold Award. Tell us a little bit more about that, because that kind of really intrigued me. Well, uh, if you receive the Dobro Award ten times in a row, then they go to, they give you the Master Gold Award. And I was the, I'm the only one that's ever received it ten times in a row, so they gave me that award, and I'm still winning the award. So I've, I've won it sixteen times, fourteen times consecutively. So, and to this day, no one else has done that. No, just me so far. That is off the charts. Well, it's it's pretty it's pretty special for me because you know Uncle Josh didn't even do that. Right. And, and well, was, uh, Uncle Josh, I, Uncle Josh was helping you, baby. Let me tell you. He was. He was right beside me. I promise you. So, okay, who who's older, you or your brother? Ted's older than I am. He's the oldest one of us. I'm the baby boy. You're the baby boy. Okay, so. That all right? So let me let me ask something because you had said something while while you were talking that. The awards aren't as important as what brought you to get them, and I get that. I'm not dis- I'm not you know disputing that, but the awards in itself, you should be incredibly, and I'm sure you are proud of. I would be like screaming off the rooftops as much as I can about that. Think about that one especially. Well, it, it's you know, Ronnie Mills has told me. He, he told me he said Tim. I talked to Ronnie Mills at the general office. I said, what's it like being at the top of the line? He said, it's more fun getting there than it is being there. Yeah, that's beautiful. I said, I said that makes a lot of sense. He said, you know, he said, I love trying to get there. He said, I love being here. He said, but I really love trying to get there. I said, that makes sense. So that's that's why I have so, such a drive to try to keep going up the ladder. You right. Know? Amazing. So, just, so, just, uh, just part of my drive, I guess. So I don't want to f- have you forget anything. You, the mic is yours. Let's talk a little bit more about things maybe we didn't bring up that you really don't want to forget about talking about. Well, you know, I want anybody that, if, you know, if, if you're out there and you have a band that you like, please go pr- pr- promote them, uh, support them. Because bands, you know, I love the crowd. I love the people. That's why we do this stuff is because for the people. It ain't for any other reasons, just for the people. And, you know, if, if people don't come and see us and, and don't like what we do, it's, it's, it's about useless, you know. And it's, uh, I just want, if, if there's a band out there that you, that you like, please go support them because it's, uh, they all need it and they all want it. Right. I agree with that. I, I read a little something um, about Elvis to your brother. I'm going to say it to you as well because I, I wrote a music poem and at the end this is what, it, what I put. Music is a must for you to keep your joy, especially if it's Elvis, baby, because Elvis is my boy. <laughs> he was. Um, uh, he was. So I want to talk a little bit more um, about Elvis with you. Um, so I never got to meet him because I was 16 when he passed away, but I had a ticket. My mom finally said I could go with my aunt. That ticket is in my Elvis poker room. I had an Elvis poker table made as well. So I have that ticket framed. It's beautiful. Um, I got to interview his nurse, Marion. And I was supposed to meet Priscilla through COVID. I hope that still happens. And um, I was interviewed by George Klein at Graceland before he passed away. So I, you know, I love everything and anything about Elvis. What was your, and I know this is going to be very hard to answer. Did you have a favorite Elvis song? Um, 
bridge over troubled water. Oh, you okay? So I'm going to say something to you. You are the only person ever that was able to answer that question. Well, you know, he sung so many good songs, but that one he just really, really uh, done. Outdone himself on that one. Well, there you go. It resonated for you. That's amazing. Okay, thank you for answering that. I got someone to answer it. (laughs) So, all right. So, before I close with your three songs, what else? Is there anything else you want to talk about? Well, you know, just, you know, we're we're in hard times right now, really, and just, just, just keep looking up, you know, that's, that's all we can do, you know, just, and and hope that ever, you know, and just keep, uh, you know, keep uh, keep looking up and, and uh, hope that things start getting better. You know? How how many albums do you have out? Do what now? How many albums do you have out? I've got about twenty five albums. Okay, and the latest yeah. one, what's the name going to be? It's going to be Bluegrass DNA. Okay, right. You did say that. Okay, Bluegrass yeah. DNA. Very cool. Um, yeah. All right. So I want to before uh, I close out, I'm going to give everyone a little mini concert here, guys. But I want to thank you personally for th- this incredible interview. And again, you and your brother just really honored me today. So I thank you both.
some sweet 